Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to stand this morning in this sacred place, preach your word. And I ask you, God, that we will, for the next few moments, lay our souls and our hearts bare before you, and that as we talk about the power that is in the name of Jesus, help us to realize that that same power is available to us, that he gave us permission to use his name. And I ask you, God, to help us communicate divine truth to our heart that we will be better servants, more committed to the cause of Christ than ever before. Enable me, O Lord, now to do what you called me and commissioned me to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And everybody said amen. amen. Philippians chapter 6, verse 2 is our starting place today, our text. Our God is a powerful God. In fact, we believe that he is all-powerful. That means that we believe that he is omnipotent. The three attributes of God are omniscience, omnipotence, and omnipresence. Omni, the Greek word, which means uh, to totality, completeness. In other words, he is everywhere present at one time. He has all power wherever, in whatever circumstance and situation that he is uh, in. He is omnipotent and has all power. Amen. Philippians chapter 6, verse 2, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Are you, are you getting that? That's some deep theological uh, verbiage right there. He, he took on the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. In other words, as John's gospel says in the 14th chapter, the 14th verse of the first chapter, it tells us that the Word was made flesh, that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him, and all things consist by the word of his mouth. Here he's talking about, Paul, the apostle, is talking about being found in the fashion as a man. He humbled himself. He became one of us, and he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, or because he was willing to come and by our pardon to put another phrase into our discussion. He came to die a sacrificial vicarious death, which means substitutionary. In other words, our sentence was uh, to die, and Jesus came and took our place and paid the penalty for us and died in our stead. Whew, can you say praise the Lord for that? He humbled himself even to the death of the cross, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and hath given him a name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father can you say amen to the word of God Names are given for all kinds of reasons and all kinds of purposes. Sometimes names uh, are, are given to individuals because of what uh, the family is involved in or, how, or what they do. Others are named because of some circumstance uh, that they find themselves in to mark a particular uh, event or to uh, mark a particular date uh, on, on a calendar. In this instance today, we have God giving a name. Isn't that something that uh, when we ask, well, who named someone that? It wouldn't be great to say God named him. God named him. Can you believe that God named Jesus? The Bible said God gave him a name. God hath highly exalted him. It's a lofty name. It's a high name. Praise the Lord. It's a well-respected name, and God is the one that gave Jesus his name. 
Christ means anointed one, so Jesus means that he is the Savior, the anointed Savior named and sent from God. Boy, isn't that a wonderful uh, assemblage of words. He is the anointed Savior of the world. Amen. Empowered to die and take upon himself the sins of the whole world. God hath given him a name. You know, some may think that his earthly mother named him. But I want to tell you, Mary did not name him. Some may think that Gabriel, the angel, was the one that named him. But no, Gabriel didn't name him either. Some may think that Joseph would have been his uh, father and should have assumed his name. But I want to tell you, Joseph is not the one who named him either. In fact, the angel was simply a messenger in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. He said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Call him Jesus, name him Jesus, for he will be a savior a savior of the world. Therefore, God hath given him a name, highly exalted him, and God hath named the, him to be the savior of the world. Can you give God praise for that? Amen. I want to tell you, God sent Jesus as a savior because sin was the problem. The world did not need another philosopher because philosophy is not the problem. The world did not need a, another uh, teacher or a professor because ignorance is not the problem. We didn't need another pragmatist because pragmatism and logic is not the problem. But sin is the problem and the world needs a Savior. Amen. The world is lost. Therefore, John 3:16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life because God loved the world he chose not to condemn the world the next verse says for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved the whole objective in Jesus coming to the world is Savior and to deliver and to emancipate and free and set them at liberty that were bruised and bound by Satan's chains. He came to undo the work that had been done. Irenaeus, one of the early church fathers, you probably don't know that name, he was uh, one of the early church fathers among Augustine and Athanasius and those early uh, apostles and early leaders of the church. Irenaeus founded a doctrine. It's called the Doctrine of Recapitulation. Amen. Those Bible students sitting around in here know what that means. Recapitulation means that what we lost in Adam, we regained in the Lord Jesus. That what was lost in the garden, praise the Lord, was restored in the birth in Bethlehem. What how the tragedy and the catastrophe that happened in the garden was reversed and we were blessed by a babe that was born in Bethlehem's manger. Amen. No wonder angels caroled at his birth and brought good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Oh, all the earth should rejoice. All the earth should celebrate that a Savior has been born, that a Savior has come into the world to save lost sinners. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. So his name is a derivative of Joshua. It is Yeshua, and it literally means Savior. Literally means deliverer. Isn't that great? That God delivers and God sets at, in freedom those that will call upon his name. Do you remember what it felt like the night that the Lord liberated you? Do you remember how it felt the night that that burden of sin was lifted off of your conscience and off of your heart? Do you remember the joy and the ecstasy that happened in your innermost being when something spiritual took place that lets you know I'm getting in right relationship with God. I'm no longer a stranger. I'm no longer a foreigner. I'm no longer alienated. I'm no longer outside looking in, but I'm on the inside now and I have fellowship with God and fellowship with uh, the Lord Jesus. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. Praise God. That's, 
what being saved is all about, and that's what knowing Jesus as Savior and as Lord really means. Hallelujah. And as many as received him, gave he power to become the sons of God. As many as received him. That was the message of that Philippian jailer when he asked, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to have salvation? And Peter or other Paul answered him and said to him, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou and thy household, and thou shalt be saved. What does it mean to be saved? A rich young ruler ran to the Lord Jesus and in a very homage way knelt at his feet and said, Good master, which is rabbi, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? What can I do to inherit eternal life? I'm in search of eternal life. I'm in search of, I'm rich. I have no need of any more money. I have no need of any more status. I'm very well known. I'm very well established. I don't need anything social. But what must I do? What can I do to inherit eternal life? I want this blessing of eternal life. I want that resurrection promise in my heart and in my life, but what must I do to inherit that? Well, I've got a judge in the house this morning that will tell you you can't do anything to inherit because you inherit because of who you are, not what you do. We don't believe in works righteousness around here. We don't believe that you can give a certain amount of money and get a certain amount of spiritual things. You just can't swap carnal things for spiritual things around here. Amen. We don't, we don't believe there's any amount you can give that will ensure you of salvation. Wouldn't that be something if we put a special out on the, door, out on the side of the road out there? Uh, Sunday's Labor Day weekend special. Eternal life. $500 for, for uh, eternal life. Come in and get them while they're here. Sure to sell out soon. It, eternal life is not for sale. Eternal life is not for sale. Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through the Lord Jesus. It's not something you work for. It's not works righteousness. In fact, the Bible said in Ephesians 2, it's not of works lest any man should boast. It is the gift of God. The gift of God. Hey, I want to inform you that God has a gift for every one of you. And God wants every one of you to accept the gift of salvation by grace through faith by the shed blood of Jesus. In fact, the Bible said we have access by him into this grace. In other words, Jesus has unlocked the door, and you just have to, by faith, walk through the door. Jesus said, I am the door, and if any man shall enter in by me, he shall be saved. Oh, blessed be God. No wonder the Lord sent a Savior, because this is all about being saved, isn't it? Eternal life through the Lord Jesus. What a promise. What a promise. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And, and the Bible said G Jesus looked at him and uh, he said, well, you know the commandments. You, you look like you're a pretty uh, well-established fellow. You know the commandments pretty well. He said, every one of them I've kept from my youth up. Never missed a step. All the commandments, I don't steal, I don't lie, I don't cheat, honor my father and my mother, don't bear false witness. They're all of the ten, I'm batting a thousand when it comes to commandments. Now we've got to admit this is a pretty good guy. You would like him for a neighbor. Pretty good guy. Kind, good, forgiving hospitable, help you out when you're in a type, 
good guy. But being a good guy or a good girl won't save you. He said, all of these have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? And Jesus just startled every one of us with this. One thing lackest thou yet. You mean one thing can keep you out of heaven? You mean one thing can disqualify you from eternal life? I didn't say it. Jesus said it. He said, one thing lackest thou yet. He said, go and sell that thou hast and give it to the poor and come and follow me and you'll have treasure in heaven. In other words, Jesus said, I, I, I want you to get it that it's really not about gathering up things here on earth. It's really about planning for the future life. It's really about laying up in store for yourselves treasure in heaven. Amen? It's really about falling in love with the next life that the Lord has got for us. It's really about staking your claim in what God has prepared for them that love him. For them that love him. I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man that is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. Why have we received the Spirit of God? That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Spirit teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. For the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Now, who is the natural man? The natural man is the person who is unaided by the Spirit of God. The natural person is unconverted. His sins have not been remitted. He has not yet made Jesus Lord of his life. And the Bible tells us he is lost, having no hope without God in the world. Only by coming to Jesus, for there is no other name. I said there is no other name. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The power to be saved is in the name of Jesus. And the testimony of the Holy Spirit is Jesus. Jesus said when he has come, he will testify of me. Jesus said when he comes, he won't speak about himself. He will take the things that are mine and he'll show them unto you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus, God gave him the right name, didn't he? Savior. The Holy Spirit said, my message is testify of Jesus. In fact, John the Baptist, who was filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb, preached this message. I indeed baptize you with water, but one is coming after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Oh, yes. You know, Jesus was a great Pentecostal preacher. Yes, he was. He said, Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power. Where's that conversation going? It's called the Ascension Passage. It's right before he goes up. He's walked out with the disciples. They're outside. He's about to go into the air and disappear from them and he gives them all of these instructions and he gets to Acts chapter 1 verse 8 but you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit is come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and even unto the uttermost parts of the earth. You mean Jesus wants us to have power Pentecostal power that we can be witnesses of him. Amen. 
got a series that I'm working about, about the witness of preaching. That all of our preaching ought to be witnessing. Amen. It's Christ-centered preaching. It's putting Jesus on display. It's lifting up and highly exalting him. It's lifting him high. The Bible said, if he's lifted up, he said, I will draw people. If you'll lift me up, if you'll exalt me, if you'll lift Jesus high, then people will be drawn unto him. Amen. Whose business do you think it is to lift him up? Whose business do you think it is to highly exalt him? Could we do a little high exalting right now? Could we, could we do a little bit of high exalting? Highly exalting him. And you shall be witnesses unto him. In Jerusalem, Judea, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Isaiah 57, 15, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and the holy place with them also that is of a contrite and an humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Micah says, The Father of eternity from everlasting to everlasting. Psalm 111 and 9, Holy and reverend is his name. Hey, God lifts up the name of his son. Hallelujah. God exalts the name of the Lord Jesus in giving him the name and the determination that he is Savior and as many as received him gave he power. Gave he power. I wonder if you're anemic or are you powerful? Did you come to church this morning powerful or did you come anemic? Did you come just barely got in the door? We used to have testimony service, and brother, I'm telling you, some of them were quite ridiculous. People would get up and, brother, pray for me. I just barely made it to church tonight. If I'd have went by my feelings, I'd have stayed at the house. Y'all pray for me that I'll make heaven my home. What a pitiful attempt at lifting him higher. Testimony. When can our testimony be about him and not about us? Amen. When can our testimony about his grace and his salvific activity in our heart rather than us? Jesus always had compassion. Always had a keen eye to seek out somebody that needed something from him. He is the one that saw the woman in the crowd. The Bible said she was bent together and she could in no wise lift herself. The Bible said that she walked about and had been to all kind of doctors and all kind of people to help her with her problem but to no avail. All she could see was the soles of other people's feet. All she could see was down and all she could see was the dust. And she just went about, but she heard that there was a commotion. And she said, what's that racket? And they said, that young rabbi named Jesus has come through our village. Well, I've got to get to him. Where is that noise coming from? I've got to find him. I've got to get to him. And she started on her way. And the Bible said, and when Jesus saw her, you mean Jesus was looking for her? When Jesus saw her, he called out to her. And he said, woman, thou art loosed. And I love those immediately, don't you? And immediately she was made straight. I wonder if Jesus cried out this morning in this crowd, Sir, thou art loosed. Sister, thou art loosed. Mother, thou art loosed. I wonder if the Lord could appear in such a marvelous fashion that the message to everyone that is bound would get the message, you're loosed, you're free. Because why? Because there's power in that name. 
I said, there's power in that name. And Jesus said this, you can feel free to use my name whenever you want to. And according to James 1 and 29, the Bible says that the demons believe and tremble. Would you like to make hell tremble a little bit this morning? How about crying out Jesus about three times? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Can you imagine hell going into a scattered, frantic, right when you say that name, Jesus? The Bible said they tremble. They believe. They're a little bit better than humans. They believe better than we did because they know firsthand. Their doom is already sealed, and the Bible said they even know already that their time is short. Art thou come, they said to Jesus. Art you come to torment us before our time they know their future come on somebody and the bible said and they asked permission you mean the devils are god's devils yeah he owns them he he created them glory to god created them And they asked permission, would you let us go over here? Don't send us back out to the deep. Please just let us go over here into this herd of swine that's feeding over here. And the Bible said, and Jesus consented. You mean Jesus was so in control of that situation that they were asking permission? And Jesus said to every one of you in this house, Greater things than this shall you do because I am going to the Father. What's the result of going to the Father? Jesus said, if I go away, I will pray the Father and he will send to you another comforter, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seest him not, neither knowest him, but you know him for he dwells with you and he shall be in you. That first chapter of Hebrews says that God has made Jesus even greater than the angels. In that first chapter, fourth verse, I think it is, the Bible said, and God hath given him a name that is more excellent than the angels. Oh, Mr. Gabriel, wasn't it wonderful that night God said, you go down there and you announce to everybody that the Savior is coming. Gabriel, what a wonderful personality he is. He's called the messenger angel. He all, he's the one that brings those messages. Help is on the way. God is coming. He's got, got good news. Got good news. Oh, oh Mr. Michael, Angel Michael, Mr. Archangel, the tough guy, the one with the sword standing by the way, the Bible said. That warring angel, that captain that so vigilantly carries out the will of God, the one that drives back the prince of Persia, that defeats the terrible angelic forces, that God gives him victory. Oh, isn't it wonderful, Michael, to have such status in heaven? And oh, Lucifer, my goodness, you were an anointed cherub. Led all the singing, led all the worship in heaven until sin was found in you. Come on, somebody. But to every one of you, those are great names, but God has given his son a more excellent name than you. No other name, no other way, but Jesus and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus. That's the only way. Wow. And Jesus said, and you can use that name. 
In Mark chapter 16, verse 17, the Bible said, These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Wow. Did you know that the day after Pentecost, when the disciples were going into worship at the night hour, a man was sitting by the gate, which is called Beautiful. And the Bible said that when Peter saw him, he fastened his eyes upon him. Now listen, they'd gone through that gate many, many times before, and that man had been there many times before asking alms. This time as they went through the door, he lifted his cup up and he said to Peter, alms, alms. And Peter made this statement. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name, in the powerful name, in the earth-moving name, in the powerful name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And I love that immediately. <laughs> and he upstood. Leaping, he upstood. Brother, here's a guy that couldn't walk, and suddenly he's leaping. He leaping upstood. And the Bible said, and he went his way into the temple. You know what? He got to go to church for the first time. Because they didn't let invalids go into church services. If there was any deformity about you, you didn't make the grade, and you wasn't able to go worship. All he could do is sit outside the wall and listen to the music. All he could do is sit outside the wall and listen to the preaching. All he could do is sit outside the gate and listen while others praised and worshiped the Lord. But suddenly, when he received his healing, when he received his, his miracle, and suddenly he stands on his own two feet and he leaps and he rejoices and he goes into church for the first time. He went into church leaping and rejoicing and praising God. Well, it wasn't long before some folks got quite upset with him. And it was a particular sect of the Sadducees. Come on, Olivia. A particular sect of the it's the Sadducees, not Pharisees, but Sadducees. Sadducees don't believe in a resurrection. They don't believe in angels. They don't believe in anything in the spirit realm. Sadducees are sad, you see. They don't believe in much of nothing. And listen to what they got mad about. If you've got it open there, you can read it with me. The Bible said that they were angry with them because of the fact they did that miracle in the name of Jesus. The name was what offended. Jesus said, listen, the world hates me. And he said, because they hate me, they'll probably hate you too. So he said, don't be surprised when the world uh, it becomes persecuting and becomes quite offended at you. He said, they're offended at me. I am the offense. Jesus actually said those words. I am come to set at variance one against another. Come on, somebody. So they didn't like Jesus, and they didn't like these guys. They thought they got rid of him. They thought they killed him and thought he was gone when he came out of that tomb, and they weren't hearing where he was showing up anymore much. And maybe they got rid of him. But here come these witnesses. And they're preaching in Jesus' name. And these people are getting healed and miracles are taking place. And people that have palsied are suddenly stand up and walk and run into church. And the Sadducees brought them up and said, said, by whose authority and in whose name have you wrought this miracle? And they said, we're not hesitant to answer you about that question. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, 
is who we did that miracle. And said, well, don't you know that's unlawful? Don't you know that's not allowed? Said, whether that seems to be a law for you, uh, we're not to determine that. But said, the one thing we know more than we know about your law, we know about God's law. And we have decided that it's better for us to obey God than it is to obey you. Over to a place called Philippi, we've got two missionaries, Paul and Silas. They're over there preaching the gospel, and the Bible said, boy, they're having great results. Man, people are getting saved. The Bible said multitudes are coming to the Lord. In fact, in one place, the Bible said 5,000 men come into the village. And the Bible said in another place, Acts 4 and 4, that a number of the priests were obedient to the faith, converted from Judaism to Christianity. What about that? Wow, great things going on. We're, we're in Asia now. We're in Philippi, and Paul and Silas are preaching. And there's this little girl. And the Bible said she had a spirit of divination. That means she was a fortune teller. And the Bible said she started following Paul and Silas around. Now, you have to watch it. The devil knows the Bible too. And sometimes he, when he starts quoting, you know, he's using it for another reason. And, she, and this little girl hollers out, these men are servants of the Most High God. And the Bible said Paul was vexed about it. And he turned around and he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, come out of her. And wow, Randy, that spirit came out of her and left her. And suddenly the Bible said that she had masters that owned her. She was actually a slave. And she made money for her masters by telling fortunes. And when she could no more tell fortunes, her masters became very angry with Paul and Silas. And when they were questioned about it, they said, how did you do this? How did you get into this contest between the spirit that is in her and the name that you did this? What was the name? What name did you use? What was your strategy? And he said, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth is why we did this and how we did it. It's through the power of his name. The power of his name. Praise God. Put them in jail, locked them in stocks. And the Bible said they put them in the innermost prison, which is in the dungeon, which is the uh, uh, literally the hole. And there's all kinds of staph infection and all kind of dysentery in the water the area is mostly flooded and the bible said they put their feet in stocks and in bonds but the bible said but at midnight have you ever had a midnight i said have you ever had a midnight have you ever had a midnight shelly you guys had a midnight one day Found a kid in a pool. Had a midnight. At midnight. When it seemed like things were as bad as it could get. When it seemed like there was no hope. When it looked like that no way out. At midnight. What did they do? The Bible said they sang praises unto God. I think you guys went to praying. I think's what happened. Went to praying. You see, when they went to exalting that name and lifting up that name, praise God, something happened. The Bible said, and there was an earthquake. An earthquake. Have you ever had an earthquake? Have you ever had a spiritual earthquake that shook things up? Have you ever had a Holy Ghost shake up? Have you ever had a, a Holy Spirit earthquake? where things got shook up 
And the Bible said, and the stocks and the bonds fell off. And everybody was free. The prisoners were all free. The jailer, everybody's free. And the Bible said the jailer ran in and drew his sword and would have killed himself. But Paul said, do thyself no harm. We're all here. We're all here. No running in that bunch. Why? Because they know there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Take the name of Jesus with you as you go. All of you who struggle here below, that's an old, old, old song. Take the name of Jesus with you wherever you go. Glory to God. If I was you, I'd learn that one. Take the name of Jesus with you everywhere you go. When you go to work, take the name of Jesus with you. When you go to school, take the name of Jesus with you. When you go to shop, take the name of Jesus with you. Let the name of Jesus be your constant companion. Amen? There are folks that, that pray for me a lot. Thank God they do. It would be a mess if they didn't. And lots of them, I hear them sometimes under their breath, they go, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Boy, that's good praying. Do you hear what I said? That's good praying. I said, that's good praying. Brother, I got in a rainstorm this, this last week bringing Debbie back. And, brother, it was storming and the wipers wouldn't keep up. And I couldn't see. And there's all kind of trucks coming whizzing by, throwing all kind of junk off the road on my windshield and smearing it up. And I couldn't see. And I just went and said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Why'd you do that? Because there's power. In the name of Jesus, oh, glory to God. Well, why would you do something like that? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. There's wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. There's life-sustaining power in the name of Jesus. His word is more powerful. His word breaks every fetter. In fact, the Bible said all things consist by the word of his mouth. He is in charge of all things. Hallelujah. Nothing happens without his permission and without his consent. You're his daughter. You're his son. You're his child. He's your parent. Amen. Don called it a while ago. If he's your daddy, he's going to stop for you. I said, if he's your daddy, he's going to pull over to the side of the road and help you out and get you out of a mess. That's because he takes care of his children. The Lord knoweth them that are his. He always has and he always will. And he's ever faithful, ever faithful. So Lucifer, I'm sure you were a beautiful angel. Gabriel, I'm sure that you're a beautiful angel. I've never seen you, but what everybody talks about you, you must be beautiful. But let me tell you about my Jesus. He was on an isle that was called Patmos. And when the dejectors rode away from that barren rock where not even a blade of grass would grow, they thought another meal has come to Patmos. He'll feed the vultures of Patmos. But what they did is dump John right out in the backyard of heaven so he could see the entire book of Revelation. And on first chapter, 10th verse, Revelation 1 and 10, it said, And I, John, was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. You're kidding me. On a barren rock. Not anything impressive about a barren rock. No vegetation. Not a blade of grass to grow. Only food you got is when the people that knew where you were would bring some out and dump it on the ground and you had to gather it up. It was a Roman penal colony where they broke, it was a rock crusher where they broke rocks to pave the Roman roads is where it was. And here is an 87-year-old, 87-year-old apostle. 
They've got a worship day, Caesar does, and he has it on the same day as Christians worship on the first day of the week. So they could kill you if you worship your Christian. Yeah. The deal was this. If you will go and worship Caesar, you don't have to bust rocks on this day. This old 87-year-old apostle took his sledgehammer and said, rather than worship an idol, I'll go to work and I'll break the rocks and I'll crush the rocks. 87 years old, drug his carcass out there and started bursting rocks. Well, all you got to do is say, Hail Caesar, long live Caesar, worship Caesar, Caesar is God, and you don't have to do that. Well, that's not a bargain for me. I'll take the way with the Lord's despised few. Glory to God. And while he was working, Brother Charlie, he got paid a visit by the commander-in-chief. Ain't it good when the commander-in-chief shows up with the troops and gets down in the... <laughs> yeah, you get it. But isn't it good when the commander comes on the scene and shoulder to shoulder with the foot shoulders, soldiers fights in the battle like everybody else. He was about to burst a rock, and John looked up, and the Bible said he saw the Lord. And he said he was in his glorified state. Lord, God, I'm telling you about how pretty my Jesus is, how wonderful my Jesus looks. said his hair is white like wool. Said about his paps, there's a golden girdle. He has on a priestly robe down to his feet, and his feet are as brass burnt in the furnace. And he said, And when I saw him, I fell like a dead man. Somebody slipped me a question the other day. You got any scripture for that falling out stuff you people do? Well, there's your one right there. John said, when I saw him, he was so wonderful. He was so astonishing. He was so captivating. He was the altogether lovely one. And when I saw him in his glorified state, I fell as a dead man. And he said, he came over to me. Came over to me. Sorry for using you so much came over to me, laid his hand on my head, and he said to me, I am Alpha and I am Omega. I am the beginning and I'm the ending. I'm the first and I'm the last. I am he that was dead, but behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I've got the key to death and hell and the grave. I'm telling you, there's something about the name Jesus. There's power, wonder-working power in the name of Jesus. Stand with me. Hallelujah. Power in the name of Jesus. Power in the name of Jesus. When I say Jesus, my sorrows disappear when I say Savior. He dries away all my tears. When I say Master, my blinded eyes can see. But when I say Jesus, he speaks peace to me. Have you ever had him to speak peace to you? He can speak peace to you this morning. It's holiday weekend, I know. I know the grill and I know the barbecue, I know. But some of you need him to speak peace to you this morning. Some of you need to hear him say, everything's all right, I've got this. Some of you need to hear him tell you this morning that it's going to be all right.
it's going to be all right. Would you just extend your hand this way and let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I come before you as the shepherd of this flock of sheep. I come, O oh Lord, with an humble heart and a grateful spirit, and I come today, O oh God, to say to you that we love you and we want to exalt your name on high and we want to lift you up that lost people will come to Jesus and be saved. I ask you, Lord, this morning that for every soul that needs a touch and needs a word, I pray, God, that you'd speak peace to them this morning. And I pray that the good love of God and the good grace and the good power of the Holy Spirit would come alongside them and give them confidence and assurance that God is on their side and that God is with them and that God has said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you all the way. That you'll not allow us to be tempted above that which we're able to bear. You're with us in every affliction and in every infirmity. You're with us. And we thank you for that. And I ask you right now, oh God, to give people that assurance and that confidence before they leave this building this morning. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you that there's power in your name. Help us to learn to use that power, oh God, as you would have us to be a witness for you. 30 seconds of your best praise you got, all right? 30 seconds of the best you got. Come on. Best praise you got. Bless the name of Jesus. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Praise ye the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth. Blessed be the God of our salvation. Bless your name, Lord Jesus. We praise you and glorify you and magnify your name. We lift your name on high. From everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, let the name of the Lord be praised. Let the name of the Lord be praised. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.